0: As we prepare to look into God's Word, let's, uh, let's open our time with prayer. Dear Lord, give us faith. Because the truth of the matter is we can't simply get it on our own. You give faith. But if we seek it, you will give it. So I pray for great faith. I pray for great faith for these, your people. Because I know there are struggles out there maybe they're here in this church maybe it's extended family maybe there are people that we've given up on Lord give us great faith give us faith in miracles miracle of baptism miracle of a changed life miracle of a changed family miracle of a changed community ultimately of a changed world because that is what will happen that is the end of the story When your kingdom reigns on earth, give us great faith so we can be part of that story, your story. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to start this morning, I want to read, uh, this won't be the passage that we focus in on, but I do want to read, uh, being the Sunday that we celebrate Ascension, Acts 1, and this is Acts 1. Verse 6 through 11. I'm just going to read this. It says, So when they had come together, his disciples, Jesus' followers, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who is taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven the Lord Jesus' ascension from earth to heaven went up into the sky. I would ask all of us, do we believe that? Do we believe it? Now, I know our Sunday school answer is, is yes. And, and we do. And a lot of us have very, very real faith and that not only did Christ die and rise again, and then He ascended into heaven. But I would challenge all of us ...in saying that sometimes faith, whether it is in his ascension or his resurrection... ...or his death on the cross, faith is very, very difficult. It's challenging. That is why, as we're going through the Apostles' Creed... ...the first words are, I believe. I believe. And then it goes from there. And when we say that, and I've said this again, and I'll say it yet again... Do we really believe in those words? Do we really believe in these facts? Do we really believe? Some of us do. Others find it challenging. Some people just don't. And so today is looking at the ascension, honoring that. I really just kind of want to rewind to the beginning of the creed and talk about belief. I believe, you believe... How to believe? How do we get there? How do we get to real faith? I love stories that have uh, flashbacks. Some of y'all know I love the TV series Lost, and one of the reasons is they they flash back, and you kind of see things that when they first show the scene, you you may not have initially have seen. I love murder mysteries like that. You flash back, and and sometimes you see in actions, or maybe sometimes you hear. ...in words, things that you didn't hear or see initially. And so I want to do that with Scripture and talking about faith... ...and I want to read a passage that we read Easter morning. So I want to do a flashback, and it's to John 20. And this is the passage that we're really going to focus on. John 20, 1 through 18. Usually this passage is is read a lot on Easter. Usually it's read about the resurrection... But I hope that we can see it again and see it at a different angle and see what it has to say about faith, about how to believe, how to really believe, how to get genuine faith. So John 20, I'm going to read verse 1 through 18. It says, Now on the first day of the week Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where... I want to look at this and look at it for faith, our faith. How do you have real faith? How do you have genuine faith? I think faith is a couple things. And these things, they actually contrast each other. They're kind of like black and white. So if you have your sermon cards, I've got them in fill in the blank today. Three sentences. And the first would be, faith is impossible yet learnable. Real faith, genuine faith. ...is impossible. Now you may say, no, man, brother. I mean, I got some faith. I mean, I I got faith. Faith is possible. Well, I would say this. See, you have Peter, you have John, and you have Mary. And the interesting thing about this is none of them came on the third day... ...to, like, check out and see if Jesus was going to rise from the dead. And that's interesting because over and over again... ...in Jesus' teaching and preaching, Jesus said, I'm going to die... ...and on the third day I'm going to rise from the dead... He said, I'm going to die on the third day and I'm going to rise from the dead. He said this again and again and again. And nobody showed up. I mean, Peter and John, the only reason they're there is because Mary went and got them. The only reason that Mary's there is to put ointments on the body. There was, there was no disciples who were like, hey, maybe it might be true. Maybe, you know, he, he's going to do what he proclaimed. Even his enemies set up a guard there. They were... I don't know if they were thinking like he might rise, but they were thinking certainly there was some truth they would heard to what he had said and maybe his followers would steal the body. Even they had more faith in that happening, or at least Jesus' body being gone, than his own followers did. My point being is if Peter, who was the leader, and John, who was in the inner triad circle, and Mary Magdalene, if they didn't like have real faith that he would rise... On the third day, how can we? How is it possible? By grace we're saved through faith. Before we have any faith, the grace of God has to come on to us. Your faith, whether it's limited and small or whether it is grandiose, your faith, our faith, is a miracle. I mean, it's, it's from God. It is, it is grace. It starts there. So for some of you here, some of y'all, maybe this is today, maybe it's past Sundays, some of y'all kind of come to church, and you're not sure about faith, and you're not sure about your life, but there's like this, like, kind of like a knock at the door, like, hey, there's something out there, something about this faith, something about this Jesus, and, and you kind of want to figure it out, and you kind of want to learn more, but you leave, and you go to lunch, and you go about your Monday work day, and go into the week, and then maybe you come another Sunday, and there's like, there's something there, but hey, nah, I'm not going not gonna to really fool with it right now. Just that's not, not as important as like job and even family and, you know, some good stuff. But something is knocking at the door, and you don't open the door. It's not a what, it's a who. God's knocking at your door. He's knocking at your door. And when someone, maybe a neighbor, or maybe it's someone you don't know, when they come to your house and they knock at your door and you keep on not answering, what happens? They don't come back. Some of you, some of you are having your doors knocked on. God is saying, hey, man, get to know me. Come see me. Let me into your house. Let me into your crib. Let me into your life. And I would challenge you, I would, I would encourage you... I would prayerfully say, open that door today. Because, man, His grace is pouring into your heart. And if you want faith, you've got to seek Him out. So faith is impossible, yet it is learnable. Learnable. Again, two contrasts. It's learnable. I want to look at verse um, 6. It says, Simon Peter came following and went into the tomb... He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. I highlight that because the word saw there, Simon Peter saw, the Greek word is actually, it's called theoreo. I don't know if I can pronounce that right, but theoreo. And it's equivalent in English would be to theorize. And what this is saying is Peter saw, but he's thinking out. He's thinking out. He's thinking, okay, wait a second. These these linen cloths, not the face cloths, but the linen cloths are are lying there. And, you know, if Jesus' body had been revived, they would probably have been ripped somewhat. If his body had been stolen, they would not even be there. And you say, how did this happen? The cloth's lying there, but his body not there. He's thinking it out. Actually, a commentary I read on this, uh, written by a guy named Michael Green, and this rocked my world. I don't know if it'll rock y'all's. But I actually talked about the linen cloths lying there, that they were rolled up, like rolled around the body, and they were in the same exact form, as in Jesus' body had passed through the cloths. Literally passed through. So Peter's there, and and he's thinking this out, like, okay, this doesn't make sense. The cloth's stolen. What Jesus said, rise on the third day. He is thinking through and thinking out his faith. So faith is certainly impossible only by the grace of God, but it is learnable. We have God's Word. We have the Holy Scriptures. We have the Holy Spirit that can speak through the Scriptures and speak through people, teachers, preachers, small group leaders. All of us, we can learn our faith just as Peter was learning his faith. Impossible yet learnable. And my encouragement is to all of us is learn it. Seek it out. Be part of a group. Be part of a church. Get into God's word. Learn this scripture. And as you learn it, the Holy Spirit will work in you and your faith will grow by the grace of God. I'll tell you a simple story about this. Let's say two dudes or, or girls, two, two people are climbing two ladders, Okay? And one has a very strong belief, like, I believe, I believe, I believe. And they're climbing up the ladder. I believe I'm going to get to the top. And this ladder is kind of like crooked. Maybe it has some cracks, it's broken. Another dude, let's say just a marginal belief, but climbing the ladder. But it is a stout ladder. And it's strong. Who's going to reach the top? It's the person on the strong ladder. My point being is, you can have this strong faith... Maybe in being an agnostic. Maybe in another religion. Maybe that there's no God. Maybe in culture or maybe just peace, love, and hope in general. But that's a ladder that is just fundamentally cracked. And you're going to fall. But even with a small faith in the Word of God, in truth, in Jesus, as you climb, your faith will grow because it is truth. It is the rock. Base your faith, our faith, on Jesus. Not that he's like an inspiring teacher or gives you good advice or, you know, just great teacher, leader. Put your faith on him because he's truth. i reading this book about 1930s in Germany, these American journalists, and Hitler was a great inspirer. Hundreds of thousands of people came to rallies to listen to Hitler. Don't go to Jesus because he like inspires you or great teachings. Go to him because he's truth. And we can learn that truth and base our lives on that truth. And then by the grace of God, the impossible will happen. We'll have faith. Faith is impossible yet learnable. Faith is also humble yet bold. Second point. Faith is humble yet bold. Hit another point. Verse 9. It says, as yet they, Peter, John, Mary, did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. They did not understand scripture that he must rise from the dead. Again, Jesus said over and over and over again, hey, I'm going to die, third day I'm going to rise from the dead. I'm going to die, I'm going to rise from the dead. Jesus said this over and over again. And they just, I guess they just shut him out. Because they didn't believe and they weren't believing then. Some translation says that he had to die and rise from the dead had to. Reason why they didn't believe. Reason why their world was rocked. Reason why the disciples like ran crazy away out of fear because they didn't get that he had to die and rise from the dead. And a lot of us still don't get that he had to die. Here's what I'm talking about. They thought of Jesus like, okay, great moral teacher, gives us sound advice. Hey, we can be holy. We can be more religious sitting at this guy's feet. Or they thought, hey, great leader, as in Acts 1. They said, hey, are now you're going to come and like, you know, rock out Rome and go Old Testament on them. And now you're bringing your kingdom. They thought he was great teacher, great leader. They didn't get that he had to die. They didn't get their sin. They didn't get the hardness of their hearts for us. A lot of times we look at Jesus, great moral teacher. Or we get inspired by leaders around the world. We look at leadership and we think it's death. Hey, that's weakness. Weakness. Get this, and this this is kind of hard for me to say, but I'll say it. If we don't really know the sin that's in our hearts, we really have a superficial faith. Let me go even even, uh, deeper or be more plain. If we don't get that we are, all of us, and I say this for me as pastor, I say this as leaders, I know some of you think that, some of you that are like in the mess of sin, and like humble, and like, all right, man, just God save me. I'm talking about us leaders, quote unquote leaders, spiritual leaders, pastors, small group leaders, those who are teaching, if we don't get that we are ultimately wicked, hopeless, selfish, sinners, we have a superficial faith. We don't really get that Jesus had to die. He had to die. He had to die. Because we can't save ourselves. We can't save our hearts. We can't save what's in our heart. And all of us, if we look deep, we know what I'm talking about here. Hopeless without Christ. Humility is knowing Jesus had to die. He had to die because we can't save ourselves. We need him to die to save our hearts, our lives. And that's humility. Real faith is humble. Real faith is humble, yet it's also bold. Again, two contrasts. Real faith humble, yet it's bold. How is it bold? Mary Magdalene says again, verse 11, Mary stood weeping. As she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head, one at the feet. They said, woman, why are you weeping? She said, they've taken away my Lord. I don't know where they have laid him. She turns around and saw Jesus standing. She doesn't recognize Jesus. He says, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She thought he was the gardener. And she said, sir, have you carried him away? Real Faith is humble. Real faith is also bold. Here is Mary, okay? Peter and John have gone. So she's She's by herself and she's like fearless. She's like so passionate. She's like, where is Jesus? Where is my Lord? Where is his body? And she's like scurrying all around. I mean, get this. She sees two angels. She sees angels and doesn't doesn't recognize them. She's like, you know, she's like looking in the tomb. And she sees these angels and she like doesn't even know who they are. She sees Jesus. And she doesn't recognize. She is blinded by this. Where is he? I gotta find him. She is fearless. She is determined. Have you taken him somewhere? Where, Lord? She is bold in her faith. Why? It's Mary Magdalene. And for whatever reason, Jesus decided to show her. Jesus decided to reveal himself to her. At this one moment in time, she was the church. She was the only one who'd seen Jesus. Initially, she didn't know it. He didn't show Peter. He didn't show John. He chose Mary. Why? Mary was a prostitute. Even worse, Jesus cast out seven demons. I mean, one demon is pretty bad. Seven, we got a problem. She, I mean, she was the town. You know what? Prostitute running around, and then she heard Jesus say, "You can be a child of God." What? Wait, whoa! whoa. I'm a prostitute, Jesus. I got demonic in me. I can a, you can be a child of God. She fell on her face, weeping, broken. Jesus changed her. And she grew bold in her faith. And she was about to get even bolder. Because Jesus says, Mary knows her by name. Knows her by name. She's humble, she knows her sin, but she's bold in knowing that God the power of Jesus Christ has changed her life. And she doesn't have to live in her sin anymore. She remembers it in humility, but she's bold for the gospel. And that's the thing. See, there are kind of two strands. One is, if you just know you're a sinner, and some of us can be like this, like, man, we're just sin, man, we're in the muck. We're in the dirt, man, I'm just, I'm just a sinner. And we, we got the humility, but we got to get to a point where we know God loves us and can change us. And then some of us over here are like, man, I know that God loves me. I know God has saved me. I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to be holy. I'm going to raise the kingdom in all corners of the world. But we don't remember our sin and humility. You have both. Faith is humble, yet faith is bold. And then last, last point, what is faith? Faith is palpable, yet personal. What is palpable? Well, that means you can touch it, you can sense it, you can, you can feel it there. Jesus says, Mary calls her by name. And she says, Rabboni, which means teacher. Actually, the literal translation is my teacher. And she runs to Jesus. Jesus says, don't cling to me. The literal Greek is, is really, don't, don't hold me too tight. So she was already like hugging Jesus... And it's like Jesus saying, you want me close. You want me as close as I can be. You want me where you can touch me. You want me palpable and concrete. Let's see, Jesus had already told his followers, like, it is to your advantage that I'm going away because I will send something, someone better. the Holy Spirit. That still blows my mind. What Jesus said, Jesus said, it is better that I ascend to heaven, that I go away, so that I will send something better for you the Holy Spirit. What Jesus is saying to Mary, she's saying, my teacher, my Lord. He's saying, don't hold me too tight. I'm going to send you someone better, the Holy Spirit. That there is a palpable presence, that there is something that is real, that is concrete, that we can touch, that we can feel, that we can experience, who will ultimately touch us. That's faith. That's the Holy Spirit. Some of you have experienced this. I've been fortunate enough to to literally experience the touch of the Holy Spirit. Christ United Methodist Church, I remember Dr. David McIntosh preached a sermon on the touch. He was talking about the touch of the Holy Spirit. Never forget that because it resonated with me. Holy Spirit is palpable, Holy Spirit is concrete. It's not just effervescent. He's here, He's real, He is touching you. And your faith is palpable, it's not just something in the air, it's real. We can experience that in worship. We can experience that in relationships. We experience that through God's word. It's palpable, yet it's personal. There's something very unique, very personal about faith. Let me show you here in this passage. Peter was thinking out. He's like, okay, i linen cloths. I uh, shouldn't kind of be like that. What's going on here? It says John, of course John wrote this. He, was, uh, he just said... He went in and believed. So we believe that he believed. Mary was just, she was like, what's going on? And angels, but they just didn't know they were angels. And then Jesus, and like, she was all, it's like, what is going on? And all of them had this unique, personal experience. It was different. It's different for all three of them. It's different for all of us. Your faith is personal. I was saying this with the, with the baptism, bow this morning. I was talking about... How we come to faith—it's—it's personal and it's so meaningful. And for he and his family, he'd already been talking to his parents about Jesus, and it's personal. It's personal for you. Just as it's personal for Peter, John, and Mary, our Lord knows you by name. It's so real you can touch it. It's powerful, yet it's personal. Some of you really get faith, or it hits you, or it comes alive. Maybe it's in worship. Maybe it's here as a church body. Some of you, some of us, maybe it's in a smaller group. Maybe it's in an accountability group. Maybe it's through a marriage. Some of you in mission, whether locally, whether going to Honduras. I mean, and I've seen this. One of the blessings of being pastor is I see so many unique personal experiences of coming to faith. Man, it's just awesome how the Holy Spirit works in different unique ways. And He does and He will in each of you. Praise God. And it's... It's palpable. It's real. You can touch it. And yet it's uniquely yours. Just as Jesus called Mary by name, he calls you, you by name. He is knocking at your door. And the truth of the matter is, for me, for all of us, we really won't know ourselves until we know him. Until we answer that knock until we hear Him calling our name. We really won't even know who we are until we're with Jesus. Jesus here, now, palpable, concrete, personal. How do you come to faith? How do you get real faith? It is impossible. It's only by the grace of God. Yet it's very much learnable. Praise God. It is so humble that we remember our sin and we remember the sin we've been in. Maybe we remember the sin we're in today or this morning, yet it is bold and say, man, God loves me, and God can use me, and God can use you for greater things. You can touch it, and it's yours. It's your story. It's your story caught up in his story. I hope you know that he's knocking. And if you hear him knocking, man, answer today. Hope he know. hope you know that he knows you by name. And the only way, only way any of us will really know who we are is to answer him and to know him. I believe, personal, I believe your faith is personal. It is real. You can have it. It is by the grace of God. You can learn it. You can know it. You can experience it. You can touch it. That's what Jesus wants. Not just what, what I want or this church. It's what Jesus wants to come to faith. True faith. So I want to close this message in a different way. I would like us to stand and say the Apostles' Creed. And I don't know what you think of these words, but remember the first words are, I believe, I believe. And as we say this today, and it is on the back of your bulletin, and I think it may be up on screen, but as we say it, I I hope that you will think that people died for these words. Their faith was so great, they faced dictators and tyrants who said, you either believe this word or say you don't. And if you say you do, you're hitting the lines. Or you're getting martyred. Or for Peter, you're getting crucified upside down. For Mary, she went all the way to France. Humble yet bold, martyred there. John, in shackles and chains on an island where God revealed himself again by Christ in the Revelation. That was their story. I don't know your story. I don't know our story. But it's a great story. Jeff's story. Great story. Jeff and Whitney's story. Great story. But your story. Leaders here. Great story. But it begins with the grace of God. And you accepting that grace. And opening that door. And growing in your faith. And saying man I was in sin. But now I'm bold for Jesus. Because the message of the gospel. The message of Jesus Christ. Bottom line is. None of us have to be the same today as we were yesterday. New life, faith in Christ. So wherever you are, do us the honor. Let's stand and say the Apostles' Creed together. And it begins, I believe, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. the communion of saints, the forgiveness of your sins and the resurrection of our bodies and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, Lord, help us in our faith that we can truly say we believe and we believe these words and they're not words, but they're a life. And we receive your grace and we open that door. And we learn your word, and our faith becomes humble yet bold, and we can touch it, and it is our story. But our story is no longer ours, it is your story. Let that be the case for all of us. I pray that. Pray that for this church, pray that for the leaders.